I appreciate Kelly and Zach taking the time for an Orange Sox interview over the phone about their son Everett, who has achondroplasia, a type of dwarfism. Kelly and Zach turn to God for understanding and comfort and now recognize the blessing Everett is in their life and those around them. All right, well, wonderful. Kelly and Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me and do an interview about your son, Everett, who has uh, achondroplasia. Kelly, when did you find out Everett had achondroplasia? Hi, Gerald. Thank you so much for having us. Um, It's an honor for us to be able to share about Everett. Everett was about six weeks old when we found out. We actually did not learn his diagnosis in utero. We only had one ultrasound right around the 20-week mark, and everything seemed to go very normal, I guess you would say. And they actually called us back to come back and do another ultrasound because they said that there were a few measurements that they needed to get again. So we were back in, I think it was within four weeks. It sounded like the measurements they were after had more to do with organs and things with the heart had more to do with his body position, keeping them from getting the measurements they needed. And nothing was ever mentioned about anything uh, proportion-wise with his body. They did say his head was measuring rather large, but we didn't really think that was a surprise at all. When he was three days old, we were getting, or two days old, we were getting released from the hospital, and the pediatrician who was doing the discharge actually came in to chat with us we were packed up, like packed in the car, <laughs> waiting for Everett to, to be brought back to us so we could leave. And um, the pediatrician, it's actually interesting the way she phrased it. She said, have you guys noticed that Everett is unusual looking? And I mean, I was actually offended. We were kind of caught off guard and we were like, no, we think he's beautiful and looks like a very healthy, beautiful newborn baby. And um, she said, well, you know, she first proposed the skeletal dysplasia. She said achondroplasia, which I had never even heard the word before. I remember after she said it, after her first introductory sentence, I kind of just went blank <laughs> and nothing else sunk in. So thankfully, Zach was able to listen a little bit more and able to translate for me after she left the room. But it was the next week at the pediatrician office where our regular pediatrician said, you know, I heard what happened, and I and I do think that we should just go ahead and go to the children's hospital and have some blood work done and just see if this is actually the case. So the next week we did go down to children's hospital. We did the blood work, um, met with a geneticist. It wasn't that we were in denial, but we did not honestly did not think that it was even a possibility. And then we got the phone call a few weeks later that confirmed the genetic diagnosis of achondroplasia. Zach, what were your thoughts when you got a definitive diagnosis that your that your son had achondroplasia? You know, it was really just heavy. Everything just kind of stopped. Being 37 at the time, this is my first son, you kind of waited your whole life for this thing that you've been envisioning to be perfect and beautiful and joyous, then you're met with a diagnosis that has been tested and proven that basically kind of derails our mortal interpretation of what perfect looks like, what I guess average looks like. It was hard for me. There was a lot of 
just pleading with God to take this from us. I do not want my child's life to be harder than my life has been. I'm what the world would consider a person of average height, average intelligence, whatever average is by the world standards. And so life has been hard enough as just a regular citizen of the world. So your mind starts to really go to much further down the road places in regards to what it's going to be like for your son who will have this diagnosis with him. So it was it was a lot of wrestling with God over that. So Kelly, tell me, um, what have been some of your challenges with Everett? Challenges, like in, in the standpoint of like physical or just just with the diagnosis? Both in accepting it, uh, maybe expand upon what Zach said, or, and I guess just, you know, whether it be caregiving or what other people or, you know, whatever uh, that comes to mind about what's been hard about this for you. I would say one of the things that was most challenging from the get-go was it did take us a little longer than we expected or than we hoped to conceive and get pregnant. So like you said, you know, we're a little bit older. We are finally pregnant for the first time. My pregnancy was an absolute joy. I loved being pregnant. Some people thought I was crazy or they didn't relate to it, but I, I really, really loved it. It's the most beautiful experience. You can't help but have dreams and visions and hopes for all the things that your child's going to be. Upon that initial finding out about the diagnosis and it being confirmed, my mind immediately went to the thought of, I don't know, I feel like, like Zach said, I was also very average, average height, average build, average athleticism, all those types of things. And I endured a lot of hardships growing up. We moved a lot. At times I felt bullied and ridiculed. And so my mind immediately went back to that place of the world can be very cold. It can be hard. The expectations around people of success and what beauty is and all these things, I feel like are are very challenging. And so I immediately just grieved. I thought at that moment, Everett's life was just going to be that much harder. And that was challenging, but we immediately turned to God, turned in prayer, which then brought up a whole other challenge of wrestling with God, like Zach said, okay, God, what does this look like? I believe that Jesus bore so much and... There's so much that can come in the terms of healing and in the terms of fulfillment, restoration. So there was just a lot to work through in prayer with God. What does this look like? There was also a lot to learn with doctor's visits as far as what sort of complications can come with this diagnosis. The first things we learned about were things involving um, hydrocephalus, a buildup of fluid on the brain. You know, doctors were kind of proposing that that was a possibility. We did an MRI whenever it was just a couple months old. We had to go down to the children's hospital. It's about three hours away. For me personally, my labor and delivery was extremely challenging. I had a 46 and a half hour labor that also included almost two hours of pushing before we really came to the place of recognizing that there was no way that I could deliver him back like that because his head size was so large and my opening was too small, resulted in emergency C-section. So the recovery of, of that long of a labor and that sort of physical exhaustion paired with the surgery was extremely challenging. So then navigating the new things of parenthood with lack of sleep and 
breastfeeding and then having to couple that with multiple doctor's visits and getting in the car and, and traveling. To be honest, just those things that sound kind of simple were extremely challenging. <laughs> so then to navigate, oh my goodness, does our son have hydrocephalus? Is this narrowing of his cervical spine meeting the brain stem? Is this going to cause problems that are going to require decompression surgery? Are we going to need a shunt? Um, those types of being proposed and honestly they were so heavy that all we could do is just turn to God in prayer and just plead for him to do a work in Everett's life and just trust in him and that's what we did. So the challenges we found that we just had to take them day by day and every day God provided enough peace and enough mercy where we were able just to make it through. That's super. We also were able just to experience the joy of his parenthood. I mean we were we were just so in love with, with Everett. It just kind of dissolved the fear that came along with the unknown. Well, that leads into my next uh, question. Uh, Zach, what have been uh, some of your joys in having Everett in your life? For me, it's been so wonderful to experience the responsibility of caring for Everett. And once the realization fell on me that God has entrusted to us something that is going to be impactful in other people's lives. It's the story of this person who is just as human as you or I are that has got a whole world out there to discover and unfold and impart things to me that that's a different way of looking at it. I never would have looked at it that way. Coming into those kinds of realizations are exciting. They bring you hope. I remember on several occasions sitting around the dinner table with other couples and they're talking about their sons and how good they are at athletics. And, you know, for me, athletics was a great way for me to connect with my grandfather and my dad. It's a realization that I'm having that there's other things that my son's going to be interested in. I have no idea at this point, but if it's coding, if it's video games, it just looks different. It's not that it's any less of a life, that it's any less of a level of enjoyment and joy. It just comes packaged differently. To me, that's been that shot in the arm every day when he looks at me and he smiles and he's talking to me and it's incredible. You know, for us, the reality is, is that Everett is just vertically challenged. Everett is cognitively progressing. He is physically progressing. His motor skills are intact. And for all intents and purposes, he is a perfect little boy. He's just more little. <laughs> what, Kelly, what are some of your joys? I'll tell you what. The first day he was born, our doctor encouraged just as much skin to skin as possible. And I cannot quite explain the feeling of peace and joy. It's almost like a chemical thing that happens in the brain when um, I would get to hold him. And we literally spent, I don't think I let anybody but Zach hold ever the first 24 hours. I was completely selfish. <laughs> Family came to visit and I told them that they could hold him tomorrow. I would never have his stay back again. It was the most beautiful thing that I can't quite put words to. One of the things that it always reminds me of, how in um, the Gospel of Luke, he talks about how Mary pondered these things in her heart. And I just think of that. There's so many things. It's almost like God hasn't given me the words to be able to express because 
it's so private and it's so impactful on my heart that I can't even put words around it. But the things that I can put words around are watching him grow, watching him start to do the physical motor things that we always heard and the things that I had read might be challenging or take more time for him. Everett is in physical therapy once a week and he also does developmental therapy twice a month. When the therapists come to our house and they work with him and all of a sudden we see him start traveling along the furniture or taking a step or babbling words and just little things, it's just little developmental milestones to me are so much more exciting just because we know that we've been told they may take a little bit longer, they may be a little bit more challenging. Every personality is one that is just extremely full of determination. He is driven, he's kind of headstrong, and I'm so thankful that God instilled him with those things because I know that they're going to take him far in life, and um, that gives me joy like I can't describe. That's great. So tell me, tell me a little bit about um, his impact on your family, your uh, extended family and friends, and then uh, when you're done, Zach, if you would want to add to that, that would be great. So Everett's the first grandson on both sides of our family. I think that he's been long-awaited, and so when he came, everybody was overjoyed. And of course, they had to sit in the waiting room in the hospital for way longer than they ever anticipated. That anticipation, I think, grew the excitement even more. Upon him arriving, I think there's something pretty special to the fact that, A, we did not know about his diagnosis prior to his arrival, and B, we also decided in, while he was in utero that we didn't want to know the gender. There was just so much more excitement around the whole experience. Our family has been extremely supportive, both sets of grandparents, and then we both, Zach and I both have siblings, so Everett was welcomed by aunts and uncles and extended family who were extremely loving, extremely supportive, just in awe of him and just see the beauty in him. Upon finding out about the diagnosis, of course, there was the initial fears and concerns of what does this mean for his life? None of us had had any experience with any form of dwarfism, and so we didn't know what that came with. We didn't know if it came with any pain or any complications or life expectancy. As soon as we were able to ask the questions and get clarification that those were not going to be challenges for him, I think everybody just kind of breathed in that sigh of relief. Um, I will also say that we kept things private. We did really keep things between our immediate family for a while so that we all had time to digest it. We all had time to seek God and, and His viewpoint on it before we decided to really share with a lot of other people which I think was a unique bonding experience just for our family. Yeah, I really don't have anything to add to that. Obviously, with our families not having any prior experience, it really was a, a waiting game. The typical complications with achondroplasia were going to be lethal. And to Kelly's point, once we were given kind of the green light to you know, go about our daily lives just as we always have been, I think our entire family is just kind of breathe a sigh of relief. From that point, it really is just processing, how do we make sure that Everett's identity isn't found in his diagnosis and it truly is, he's recognized as just a normal person. For two families that have never experienced that and our extended friends, I mean, 
we've talked with our pediatrician here and there's just no other families in Northwest Arkansas that they're aware of. There used to be and they either moved off or there's a group down in Central Arkansas that would be a great resource for us. For us, it's just been a matter of slowly wading into the waters of the uh, world of achondroplasia with our friends and family and everyone has just been incredibly supportive. Uh, Everett has more followers on Instagram than I did for the first five years that I was on Instagram. I mean, it's, it's been incredible. If I came to you just having received the diagnosis, and I'll, you can talk first with this, Zach. So I just found out that my child has achondroplasia. What advice would you give me? You know, my advice would be spend some time in prayer. You are probably walking through an unbelievably stormy ocean of fears, uh, worry. I know you're borrowing trouble from tomorrow about things that you just assume and really taking refuge in what God's about his creation what he says about his plans for you, that's where you will find the stillness, the peace that is beyond your understanding. That is where I've, I've had to go until I felt like I handle it, where I felt like I, I can process this and begin to move forward with what the new reality looks like. If I didn't know God, if I didn't know what a relationship with Him looks like and what He says about His plans for us, that the plans not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future, if I didn't have that kind of scripture tucked away in my heart, I am not entirely sure how well I would have managed those first six months to a year with Everett. The human condition is to borrow what I consider trouble from tomorrow about things that you don't even know about, you worry about. All you can concern yourself with today is what is on your plate for today. Kelly, what uh, what advice would, would you give? I, I would give the advice to take doctor's recommendations and to look into things, but to not take it as the final word. That was something that we disagreed upon, that God has the final say in Everett's life, and we want to be responsible parents. We want to take all the recommendations as far as, you know, see this neurosurgeon, have this done, have this checked out, et cetera, but we also do not want to take it as the final say in the truth on his life, that God has the ultimate truth. I also would recommend, in the beginning, we did not do a lot of Googling. We did not do a lot of searches on our own to find information because I didn't want it to take over my life. I wanted to just love my son. I wanted to get to know him. I mean, first-time parents especially have so much to figure out just from the basics of feeding and sleeping and changing diapers and this new schedule and this new life and even the new identity that we have as parents as mom and dad. And so I did not want me to turn into a person just constantly on the internet trying to find things out. I wanted God to present that to me, but I took my time and I slowly started to 
build some community with other people who have a similar diagnosis. Very, very thankful for Instagram, for the internet. There are Facebook groups that you can request to join so that you can build that community. And they provide a lot of stories of hope because the doctors are going to give suggestions, recommendations. Sometimes they have to give worst case scenario. And it's really great to find people that you can build community with who have similar propositions made, who have had very hopeful outcomes. I think it's really important to just be careful what you fill your mind with and to take things one day at a time. We also blanketed ourselves in scripture, which I feel like has the ultimate authority and truth in our lives. And so we leaned very heavily on what does God say regarding this situation and made it the ultimate source of truth as opposed to opinions and things of the world. So that gave us a lot of peace day by day. Very simply, I would just say how blessed are we. We're we're the lucky few who um, God has entrusted to us a special gift. And it's going to open our eyes and broaden our experience of life in such a meaningful way. I'm ecstatic that I'm getting to be Everett's mom. And so I would tell someone it's going to be scary, but it's also going to be so full of joy and a whole new experience that you could never plan for. That's awesome. You guys are great. I really have enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Any final thoughts from you, Kelly, or from you, Zach? Kelly, you can go first. You know, my final thought would be that nothing is an accident. I don't believe in accidents. I think that God ordains our steps. I think that everything that he makes is fearfully and wonderfully made. Everett came, again, like I said, at a time in our lives where we were actually told we were going to have a hard time conceiving on our own. And then literally the very next day, I took a pregnancy test that told me that we were pregnant. Throughout the pregnancy, I had visions of a lion. I later found out, Zach said to me, hey, I really would love if there was a lion in the nursery. (laughs) We had not had the discussion at all, but God had put the vision of a lion on both of our hearts. And we also had a girl name picked out, but we had a hard time coming to a boy name. It was like neither one of us even really had any ideas. I'm a hairdresser. And one day I was doing hair and blow drying, and all of a sudden I felt like the name Everett just popped in my head. Later we found out that that name means brave. So I thought, wow, like we don't know the gender, but I'm almost 99% sure that it's going to be a boy and that his name is Everett and that God has given us the vision of a lion, which is brave. And um, there's going to be something special and unique about this child. He's going to do great things. I loved having all these reassurances from God, and it just gave me confidence that He's in control and that He has the story planned. That's just been the most incredible experience. It's been super humbling. It's drawn me closer to Him, and it makes me extremely excited about the future and all the things that He's going to bring to our lives. That's great. Zach, any final words? You know, I really don't have anything to add. (laughs) Kelly has done a marvelous job of just kind of encapsulating our story from front to back. I would definitely encourage those who are just swimming in it um, and don't know which way to seek counsel. Be that from a community of people that have received the same diagnosis, maybe a further down the line. If they don't know the Lord, I would encourage them to find a local church, find somebody maybe that they've always kind of looked up to in that regard 
because it definitely calms the waters and it will begin to transform your mind into one of gratitude. You'll be able to begin to enjoy the gift, the miracle that God has given you. I truly believe now having been on this side of the fence, no matter what your child's diagnosis, if it's terminal, if it is complicated, if it's perfect, whatever the word perfect means, there is a reason for that life to have come across your path. And it may not be revealed to you as quickly as you would like, but I truly believe that one day God will uh, reveal the purpose and the plan for that life having been in yours. You just have to stay faithful and you just have to stay committed to raising your little human. That's great. Thank you both. Thank you for having us.